from Woodstock in the heart of the Hudson Valley, this is Radio Rotary. Hi everyone, this is Jonah Treboss, and welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary, sponsored by local Rotarians, your friends dedicated to service. Each week we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world, people sharing ways to improve your life. And today we are coming to you from the Woodstock Jewish Congregation. And we'll be talking with Rabbi Jonathan Kliegler about his new book, Turn It and Turn It, for Everything is in It, Essays on the Weekly Torah Portion. Rabbi Jonathan, welcome to Radio Rotary. Thank you so much. It's a real pleasure to have you here at your book launch and uh, to be here among so many friends and fellow congregants at the Woodstock Jewish Congregation. So we're talking about the Torah, and it's possible that some people may not know what that is. So give us an explanation. What is the Torah? The Torah is the Hebrew word for the Hebrew Bible, and it specifically refers to the five books of Moses. Torah is usually translated as law, but actually it means teaching in Hebrew. And so the Torah scroll, which contains a handwritten version of the five books of Moses and lives in every synagogue, is also uh, produced in many published copies, many printed copies as well. Now, you mentioned that this is a scroll. It's uh, the ones we have here at Woodstock are about, I would get four feet long on spindles. And uh, it, it looks like it's printed, but it's hand lettered, which I think is just beautiful. It's like a work of art. And uh, folks who are listening, if you ever have a chance to go to a synagogue, uh, even if you're not a member, even if you're not Jewish, uh, ask the rabbi for permission to have him show you the, him or her show you the, the Torah scroll. Because it is a beautiful work of art. How long does it take for the average Torah scroll to be made? Well, Torah scribes are a very um, refined uh, skill. And it takes six months to a year for a full Torah scroll to be written by hand by a scribe. And uh, it's on some kind of parchment, right? It's on animal skin. It's usually calf skin. It could be any kosher animal whose skin has been made into parchment. The traditions are so old, thousands of years old, that even though there are many advances in technology, this is still done in a completely handmade way. So it's the old-fashioned way, and uh, you said it was the five books of Moses uh, in the Hebrew Bible, which many uh, of our friends out there will know as the Old Testament. Is that right? That's correct. The Old Testament uh, is known um, uh, as the Hebrew Scriptures. The five books of Moses are the first and most important section of the Hebrew Scriptures. Now, your book is called Turn It and Turn It, for Everything is in It, and it's uh, published by Whip and Stock, a, uh, an imprint of the Reconstructionist Press, available at uh, Amazon and where fine books are sold, but when you said turn it and turn it, uh, I thought you meant turn the spindles and go to a new section of the Torah every week. It means something different to you. What does it mean? Well, in the second century, uh, a famous rabbi stated that when studying the Torah, you need to turn it and turn it as if it's a many-faceted gem. And as you turn it, you get a new refraction of the text, a new meaning of the text, so that the Torah is understood in the Jewish tradition not to be a two-dimensional object with black letters on white parchment, but actually something that you look at from every possible perspective through your own experience, through the experience of your ancestors. And the other way that the um, tradition speaks about it is that there are 70 facets of Torah, meaning that if you turn it in a different facet, you'll get a new reflection of meaning from it. And that's what makes the Torah a living document. And speaking of tradition, it is a tradition in the Jewish faith for young adults to be called up to the Torah at uh, 
age 12 for girls, age 13 for boys, at the bat or bar mitzvah. Explain to us what that is, Rabbi. Well, that's our coming-of-age ceremony where the young person is considered to become morally accountable. And to mark that occasion, they become, they learn how to chant from the Torah scroll as part of our Sabbath ritual. And they also then offer a teaching. So they become, rather than a student that day, a teacher. And in a tradition like Judaism, which is so devoted to learning and teaching, this is the significant rite of passage where someone stops being only a student and starts to become a teacher and contributor to the community. Now, your great book, Turn It and Turn It for Everything is in it, has 54 chapters. We usually uh, hear a different chapter of the Torah scroll every week. So why 54 chapters? Well, we begin in the fall after the Jewish New Year, and, and the five books of Moses have been divided into weekly sections so that in the course of a year, Jewish congregations will cover the entire five books of Moses. However, the Jewish calendar is a lunar calendar. And uh, so it follows both the sun and the moon. And not to get too technical, but that means that every three years or so, we have to add a whole month to the Jewish calendar. So not just a leap day, but a leap month. A leap month. And because of that, we need additional Torah portions so that instead of 52 weeks, sometimes we need 54. And that's why there are 54 Torah portions. Well, let's get started in the beginning which is Bereshit in the beginning, of course, are the first words. And tell us a little bit about that section, that first section. Uh, read to, you, to us from your great book, uh, Turn It and Turn It. Okay, here's the opening of my commentary on the very beginning of the Torah. The Torah begins and the curtain rises on creation. The first chapter of Genesis is the magnificent overture to the great drama of human life and striving that will ensue. The language is stately and musical. It should be read aloud. Beginning in darkness, creation unfolds in ever-expanding complexity and glory. God the Creator shapes and conducts creation in seven movements, which God names days. And every day, God surveys God's handiwork and reflects upon it. And the verdict is a ringing affirmation. It is good. The world is good. This view of creation will suffuse the entire Torah and will forever be the foundation of the Jewish worldview. Our world is not something to be transcended or shunned. It is not merely the anteroom to some truly good and perfected realm. It is not a meaningless playground for the gods, we their hapless playthings. No, God has created an orderly universe and created us and placed us here with moral purpose. This world is our home, and it is good that we are here. This remains true despite our glaring failures and our deluded and destructive ways. The essential goodness of life abides. Now, Rabbi, that's a beautiful section, and the question I have for you, is it hard to keep faith about the essential goodness of life given the state of the world today? Yes. <laughs> Would you care to expand upon that? Uh, it is and it isn't hard. And this is where belonging to a, a thousands-year-old tradition is very helpful. Because the Jews, by identifying with the Jewish story, we Jews, who are not the victors of history, have watched empires rise and fall, watched humanity at its greatest and at its most debased. And so it gives you perspective that, uh, yes, you, humanity has the astonishing ability to uh, uh, be destructive and horrific in its behavior. And yet, it's not that the goodness is always present. 
in our activities and in human society, but that the goodness is inherent and potential at all times. And we know that. We know it whenever we have an encounter with someone else where they and we exchange the deep bond that we share as beings. So it's not that the goodness is manifest, but the goodness is always potential. And we're going to find out more about the goodness of uh, Rabbi Jonathan Cleveland's new book, Turn It and Turn It, for everything is in it, in just a moment. But first, let me remind our listeners, they're in tune with Radio Rotary on the air and around the world by podcast on iTunes and at RadioRotary.org. Radio Rotary is sponsored by Salisbury and Riverside Banks, Absolute Auction and Realty, Third Eye Associates, and by the Rotary Clubs of Brewster, Carmel, Clarkstown Sunrise, East Fishkill, Fishkill, Goshen, Highland, Hyde Park, Kinderhook Tri-Village, Kingston, Liberty, Millbrook, Nanuet, Greater Newburgh, and New City. And we're back with more Radio Rotary after these important messages. Hi, I'm Rotarian Susan Simon of Third Eye Associates. Rotarians devote themselves to caring for others. Sometimes we forget to care for ourselves, especially when it comes to planning for our future. At Third Eye Associates, we provide fee-only financial life planning, financial transition planning, and wealth management strategies to help you integrate your life and your money. ThirdEyeAssociates.com for more information or call us at 845-752-2216. That's 845 845- There is always a reason to live. This is Andrew O'Grady, CEO of MHA of Dutchess County and the Mark Agency. Suicide impacts tens of thousands of people each year and is often the result of untreated depression. Do not let the stigma keep you from talking to your doctor. The Claudio Cares Foundation and MHA want everyone struggling with depression to know that we all have a reason to live. Don't be a statistic and don't leave your loved ones wondering what they should have or could have done. What is your reason to live? Call MHA at 473-2500. Welcome back to Radio Rotary. This is Jonah Trebowasser. I'm speaking to you from the Woodstock Jewish Congregation. And uh, with me is my guest, Rabbi Jonathan Kliegler. And we are talking about his new book, Turn It and Turn It, for everything is in it. Essays on the weekly Torah portion, which is, of course, the first five books of Moses in uh, the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament. It's available on Wiffenstock, an imprint of the Reconstructionist Press. And you can get it on Amazon or uh, wherever fine books are sold. So, Rabbi, uh, we were talking about uh, in the beginning, and now let's proceed through uh, the Torah to Vayera. And you've got another great passage I'd like you to share with us from your book. Oh, thank you. This is from the fourth portion of the year, which is from the Genesis in chapter 22. The Torah speaks on many levels. It is a book of ethics, laws, our people's ancient history and lore. It is also a book of spiritual wisdom and guidance. I grew up studying Torah as ethics and laws and as ancient history and lore. But only as an adult did I begin to encounter Torah as a wellspring of spiritual wisdom. Our sages compare Torah to a magnificent gemstone with innumerable facets. Every way you turn the gem reveals a new refraction of the meaning of the words, a new glimmering. The longer I study Torah, the more I come to know that this is true. I turn it and turn it like a beautiful gem. The light shines on it and through it, and deeper and deeper insights reveal themselves. Paradoxically, the deeper the insights, the more evanescent they are, the more they slip through my fingers, and the harder they are to put into words, yet their truth rings in my soul like a bell. I hope to be studying Torah the rest of my life. Now, Rabbi, you mentioned in the first part of the program that uh, these Torah portions are read every year, same one, every week, throughout the year. 
Um, how do you get fresh insights from something that is read over and over again every year throughout their lives? How do people get fresh insights? The key is to not look at it as a dead letter, as something that was written 3,000 years ago and therefore must be studied as some artifact. The Jewish way is to study it as a mirror of our own experience. So, as a young person, you might read the story very differently than as a slightly older person. And then as, I, as each year of my life goes by and I have more life experience, not to mention external situations changing, such as the political situation or um, uh, the climate crisis. Or all of a sudden, the Torah is reflecting those facets back to the reader. And so it truly changes year to year. It's quite remarkable. Now, we have a lot of famous people in the Torah, and uh, one of the first that we study is Abraham, who's called upon by the Almighty to sacrifice his only son. Yet when God calls to Abraham, he has, says a very famous uh, phrase that is repeated throughout that story, Hineni, here I am. Uh, what does that phrase mean to you, just not for, your, just not for yourself, but for others? Whenever the word Hineni the phrase, here I am, appears in the Torah. It's always a momentous moment in, in the character's life because they are saying, whatever is coming to me at this moment in life, I am ready and willing to face it. So Hineni literally means I am here, but it accounts for uh, being accountable, present, and ready, uh, not running away from what life is presenting to you. Another famous person in the Torah is Jacob, who uh, ends up wrestling with an angel, and then suddenly that's how we developed the, the, the name Israel. Let's read from your great book, uh, Turn It and Turn It for Everything Is In It, uh, about Jacob. Well, let me preface that by saying that the name Israel is the name Jacob receives after spending the night wrestling with this mysterious being and not succumbing. And before the dawn breaks, this being, who is an angel of God, says, I am giving you a new name, Yisrael, Israel, which means you have wrestled with God and not succumbed. And we've spent several thousand years wrestling with God ever since. We have. We have. So thanks to my teacher, Rabbi Arthur Waskow, we now think of this word more openly as, oh, to be of Israel is to be a God wrestler. So here's what I wrote. To be a descendant of Israel is to wrestle with life, to struggle with life's deeper meaning and purpose, to not succumb to despair or confusion or fear. To be a descendant of Israel is to understand that we are responsible for our actions and that our past will haunt us and cripple us if we do not face and wrestle with our demons. To be a descendant of Israel is to be willing to have all the crooked paths of old habits and defenses and justifications die so that we can face life and one another directly, humbly, and courageously. So we're not just wrestling with God, we're wrestling with ourselves, Rabbi, is that right? That's right. Um, one of the major things for us to take on as a modern people is what does God mean to us? And God does not have to be some imagined supernatural being distant and disconnected from the world who we have to um, uh, summon. But God could be life itself coursing through all of, uh, all of the universe. There are many, many modern conceptions that give God more vibrant and present meaning to us today. Another very famous uh, character in the Bible, a person in the Bible, is Joseph, made uh, universally popular by the hit musical Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And you offer his story, I think, as a metaphor for life in general. Let's uh, read what you, let's uh, hear together what you had to say about Joseph. Okay. Here, 
I will focus on just one of the themes in Joseph's story, the ups and downs of life. Joseph's life is a roller coaster. He is his father's favorite, wearing a special coat of many colors. His brothers throw him down into a pit as they debate whether or not to kill him. They haul him up and sell him to traders who bring him down to Egypt as a slave. As it says in the Torah, Yosef hurad Mitzrayma. Now Joseph was brought down to Egypt. But Joseph rises up to be the steward of his master Potiphar's household. And then when he refuses the advances of Potiphar's wife, he is sent down to the dungeon. Two years later, he is summoned to interpret Pharaoh's dreams, and he rises again, this time to become the vizier of Egypt. So what do we get from that portion, uh, Rabbi? Uh, what lesson do we learn from this? Feel better because everyone has problems? Keep plugging away and, and things will get better, or a little bit of both? Well, you have to go to the later in the Joseph story to understand what the lesson the Torah is trying to teach us, because Joseph could have concluded with... I, I could do this with complete sympathy, that life was a crapshoot and that uh, you take the ups when you get them and you make the most of it and you make hay while the sun shines and you just, you know, uh, and you look out for number one. He could have claimed that. But when his brothers, several chapters later, come to beg for food because of the famine and uh, Joseph reveals his identity to them, they've been gone for 20 years, and they're terrified because, remember, they threw him into a pit. Joseph says to them, do not be afraid. Somehow, even if you meant me ill, God meant it for the best because if it had not happened, I would not be here to save, be able to save your lives. So Joseph interpreted all the ups and downs of his life as having a purpose. And this is not an easy thing to do, but it's the challenge we all face to understand that even the downs in our life are there to serve a purpose in our lives in some way. And we have out more great insights from Rabbi Jonathan Kliegler and his book, Turn It and Turn It, for Everything is in It, right after these important messages. So stay tuned. Hi, this is Tony Marmo from Norman Staffing, and we've been bringing together employers and job seekers since 1980. If you're an employer and have job vacancies, let Norman Staffing help fill them with permanent or temporary workers. We screen, interview, and recommend the best candidates for your company. We make the employment process easier and faster for you. Please call Norman Staffing for your employment needs at 338-9111, 338-9111, or normanstaffing.com. At Patterson Auto Body, they know that a new car has more than 15 onboard computers operating everything from the engine to the radio. So technicians not only need to know about automotive repair, but electronics, physics, and chemistry too. The specialized education needed to become an automotive service technician today is equivalent to several master's degrees. Patterson Auto Body is very proud of their automotive technicians. Experience is a wonderful thing. Call 845-878-3456 for a service appointment today. That's 845-878-3456. Salisbury Bank and Trust Company offers personal and business banking, residential mortgages, commercial lending, and trust and wealth management services. With 14 locations throughout the tri-state region, in Dutchess, Orange, and Ulster counties, the northwest corner of Connecticut, and southern Berkshire County, Massachusetts, which includes our Riverside Division offices in Poughkeepsie, Red Oaks Mill, Fishkill, New Paltz, and Newburgh. Salisbury Bank is your local bank in your community, making local decisions and delivering the highest quality of customer service. Salisbury Bank is your local bank for all of your personal business and wealth management needs. Visit them at SalisburyBank.com. That's SalisburyBank.com. Salisbury Bank and Trust, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Salisbury Bank, enriching. 
Salisbury Bank and Riverside Division locations will offer banking services through drive-up windows. All branch lobbies will be temporarily closed to the public. In addition, our e-banking, mobile banking, ATMs, bank by phone, and night depositories are available for many banking functions. Please visit SalisburyBank.com for up-to-date information. Salisbury Bank and Trust Company, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Welcome back to Radio Roadie. This is Jonah Trebowasser, and I have the delight and pleasure of being here at the Woodstock Jewish Congregation with Rabbi Jonathan Kliegler. We're talking about his new book, Turn It and Turn It, for everything is in it. Essays on the weekly Torah portion, the first five books of Moses uh, in the Hebrew Bible of the Old Testament. It is uh, published by Whiff and Stock, uh, an imprint of the Reconstructionist Press. It's available on Amazon and where fine books are sold. So, Rabbi, we've been talking about famous people uh, in the Bible and in the Torah, and who could be more famous, of course, than Moses? Uh, most of us are familiar with the story, thanks to Cecil B. DeMille's The Ten Commandments, with Charlton Heston, Yul Brynner, and a cast of thousands. Um, but before we get into the story of Moses, let's talk a little bit about your story. Uh, you didn't go right from college to divinity school into uh, becoming a member of the clergy. You took a little bit, bit of a detour. Tell us about that. When I was in college, I was... Um always taking a lot of religious studies classes, but I was very passionate about working with children. And then I discovered modern dance in college, and I became a dance major. And, uh, there, and, and my goal was to, do, was to teach dancing to children and to perform. And uh, after college, I studied pantomime, I studied theater, I studied, and I became a professional children's teacher and performer for several years. It was a lot of fun. So, But as a professional dancer, you didn't have white tie and tails like Fred Astaire? No. Uh, I dreamed of that. <laughs> and uh, you're, you're quite a terrific uh, folk singer and, and performer with the guitar. And uh, we'd like to hear a little excerpt of that uh, from one of your CDs. It's a song about Moses. Tell us about that. Uh, this is a song by Fred Hellerman, uh, famous from uh, Weaver's fame. And uh, the song is called A Man Come Down to Egypt. And uh, it's just a powerful folk song, folk version of the song that uh, tells the story of Moses. There is a man coming to Egypt. Moses is his name When he saw the grief upon us In his heart there burned a flame In his heart there burned a flame Oh Lord, in his heart there burned a flame When he saw the grief upon us In his heart there burned a flame Now, Rabbi, I understand that uh, that music is part of a, one of your CDs. That's on which of your CDs? That's on a CD called Let My People Go, a Jewish and African-American celebration of freedom, which I made with uh, the great African-American folk singers and activists, Kim and Reggie Harris, and that has Pete Seeger on it and uh, many other great musicians. And it's available uh, on uh, your website or the synagogue's website, along with, along with your great new book, Turn It and Turn It for Everything Is In It. Uh, give us the website. Uh, the synagogue's website is www.wjcshul. That's wjcshul.org. Or you can also find all of this at rabbijonathanclickler.com. 
And folks, don't get a pencil and paper. I'll have Rabbi Jonathan repeat that before the end of the program. So let's talk about Moses. What are your insights into the world of Moses? Well, let me read from the beginning of uh, my uh, first passage on the book of Exodus. This week, we begin the book of Exodus, a book that changed the world. With this story, the Torah introduced a new paradigm to human affairs. Throughout most of human history, kings and emperors have been granted godlike status. The king was unlike other humans, and the king's word was law. The Torah, however, posited a power in the universe that was greater than any king. Hence, king of kings becomes one of the names for God in our tradition. This power created all human beings in the divine image. And therefore, early Judaism presented a direct refutation to the concept that any single human being could claim divine status. This was a revolutionary concept. No man's word or whim could be law. A moral law transcended even the king's decrees. To dehumanize any person, to treat him or her as less human than oneself, was a desecration of the very essence of creation. The Torah offers a new world order. Kings and tyrants, beware. Every person is a child of God, and as such has infinite value regardless of station. Do not subject and subvert them to your will for power. Do not reduce them to cogs in your profit machine. Even though the Torah does not abolish the institution of slavery, this takes place only in modern times, the Torah insists that since slaves are human beings, they must also be treated with decency and dignity. You know, Rabbi, I was uh, amazed during one of your uh, recent teachings that the Ten Commandments, when translated from the Hebrew, are really called the Ten Utterances. And somehow I don't see that being a big uh, sales uh, item in the uh, theaters when the Ten Commandments came out in the mid-50s, calling it the Ten Utterances. Uh, why is it called that? Because um, this is con- the Ten Utterances, which we know as the Ten Commandments, are the one time in the Bible when God addresses the entire people of Israel. In all other cases, God says to Moses, tell the people, or God says to other characters. But the Ten Commandments are considered to be so um, of a different order uh, because this is when all the people heard God's voice. So the utterances means it has to do with the fact that this was a unique situation uh, where everyone was present to receive the divine instruction at the same time. Of course, we remember uh, from the story of the Ten Commandments that at one point, uh, when uh, Moses was up in the mountain waiting for the receipt of the Ten Commandments uh, tablets, the the people lost faith in Moses and they started making the golden calf, going back to idol worship. Now, in your book, we say that we in modern society make our own golden calves and bow before them. What did you mean by that? Well, it's been a long time since, it's been thousands of years since we were confused that, say, statues... Were God. So when it says don't make a, a, an idol, at one time that meant don't bow down to idols. But for us, we have to ask, the idols are also known as false gods. So we can ask ourselves, what is a false god? In other words, what might someone worship or idolize that is not in fact coming from the source of all creation? And certainly money and fame, stuff, 
accomplishments, anything like that, power that you worship, that you devote your life to, becomes a golden calf. Rabbi Jonathan Kliegler, thank you so much for writing this terrific book, which I think uh, can teach a lesson to everyone who picks it up. It's called Turn It and Turn It, for everything is in it. Essays on the weekly Torah portion, it's uh, printed by Whippenstock, a imprint of Reconstructions Press, available not only on Amazon and fine stores, but Rabbi, give us that website one more time. Woodstock Jewish Congregation, that is WJCSHUL.org, or RabbiJonathanKligler.com. Rabbi Jonathan, thanks so much for everything that you do for the community at large, and thanks for joining us today on Radio Rotary. Thank you so much. And we'd like to thank the following sponsors who keep the faith with us. Radio Rotary is sponsored by Mental Health America of Dutchess County, Mark Mid-Hudson Addiction Recovery Community, Norman Staffing, and by the Rotary Clubs of New Paltz, Patterson, Pearl River, Philmont, Pleasant Valley, Poughkeepsie, Arlington, Red Hook, Rhinebeck, Southern Ulster, Suffern, Walker East, Wappinger's Falls, and Warwick Valley. For the entire Radio Rotary team, my co-host Sarah O'Connell Clater will be back next week. Our producer, Kathy Kruger, and the Wizard of the Buttons, our great engineer, Mr. Jay Verzi. This is Jonah tree boss and thank you for tuning in and inviting you to join us again next week at this very same time for another edition of Radio Rotary and don't forget our website RadioRotary.org So long from Woodstock Hi, this is Sue Doyle of Absolute Auction and Realty. Back in 1946, we began serving the auction and appraisal needs of the Hudson Valley. Today, our clientele spans the globe, but we still consider each person we meet to be an important member of our AAR family. From specialty collections to real estate, antique and estate to vehicles, we auction it all for people just like you. Whether you're a seasoned auction enthusiast or a novice, our website, aarauctions.com, is packed with tips and examples designed to make your buying and selling experiences the best they can be. So enjoy your visit to aarauctions.com, tell your friends about us, and please come back often. That's aarauctions.com. This is Andrew O'Grady, CEO of Mental Health America of Dutchess County and the Mid-Hudson Addiction Recovery Centers, The Mark Agency. Are you a veteran or a family member of a veteran? Is life a struggle at times? Do you feel lost or alone? Let our MHA veterans help you. Contact Adam Roach at 473-2500. He and his team will do anything they can to assist you. MHA of Dutchess, the leader in helping our heroes and their families. 